I'm Gary Bard, founder and editor-in-chief of today's Caregiver Magazine and Caregiver.com, and your host for our weekly caregiving podcast series. In this podcast, we will introduce you to many of the leading caregiving thought leaders, authors, experts, and even caregivers with famous faces who have graced the covers of our magazine. It is my honor to be talking with Dr. Rakesh Jain today. Dr. Jain is the Psych Congress co-chair and a clinical professor in the Department of Psychiatry at Texas Tech Health Sciences Center's School of Medicine. Dr. Jane is currently involved in multiple research projects of extreme interest to family caregivers, as these projects study the effects of medication on short-term and long-term treatment of depression, anxiety, pain, and mood overlap disorders. Dr. Jane will be talking about an important challenge that faces family caregivers, tardive dyskinesia. After my conversation with Dr. Jane, I'll be talking with a married couple, Matt and Shelley, and their life dealing with tardive dyskinesia. Dr. Jane, I know what the dictionary tells me about the two words tardive and dyskinesia. One, tardive having symptoms that develop slowly or appear long after inception. And two, dyskinesia, difficulty or abnormality in performing voluntary muscular movements. Those are particularly benign descriptions. But when you put those two words together, they tend to create a profoundly troubling disorder for our loved ones. So I'm wondering if you can tell us about tardive dyskinesia. The phrase tardive dyskinesia, you're right, sounds rather simplistic, but in reality it can be a horrendously complicated and impairing condition. And it often appears after an individual has been exposed to a medication that blocks dopamine receptors in the brain. And after a period of time in some individuals, this abnormal involuntary condition appears that can affect multiple parts of their body and cause a lot of impairment that we call tardive dyskinesia. It is morally dejecting, physically impairing, and often, often in individuals truly impairing of their ability to function in life either in a personal setting or in an occupational setting. What are the symptoms? How does it manifest itself? Sure. So in most people, it appears slowly, but then it can gather speed. Individuals can perhaps first notice a change in how they find themselves blink. They might find themselves blinking excessively. They might find that their tongue and their lips, and their jaws, and their muscles of facial expression can perhaps just have a life of their own and start moving about at times and places that it makes no sense. And sometimes anxiety or being self-aware can actually worsen it. TD is connected to dopamine blocking or are there other ways that it comes about? That's primarily the the form that it comes about. So there are a number of medications we use, uh, both in psychiatry and outside of psychiatry, that are wonderful medications. They help human beings with their suffering, sometimes even save their lives. But if they do block the dopamine receptor, particularly the one that's called D2 receptor, then they do carry that risk. And the point to be made here is 
that risk gradually increases over time. That's why if someone is taking these medications, it's really important that they and their care provider, their prescriber, discuss the risk of tardive dyskinesia developing before they start on this medication. And they really ought to monitor for its development throughout the treatment course. Because that's the wisest way, hopefully, to detect it as early as possible in order to minimize the damage caused by tardive dyskinesia. How do doctors recognize TD? How soon can they recognize TD? And what do they do to provide support to their patients and their patients' loved ones? Even before the process of detection begins, there should be a process of informed consent between the clinician and the patient and perhaps even the family support system. People should know that this could happen and that they can watch out for it. And if something does happen that appears to be early but still abnormal in terms of movement difficulties, they can alert the healthcare provider. There are instruments that are recommended, and one of them is called the AIMS, A-I-M-S, the AIMS. And that is very much a standard instrument that people in the mental health field should be using in order to assess for abnormal movements even before they occur. So you have a baseline level measured, and hopefully the score is zero. And then depending on the individual, we are recommended to do that instrument periodically. I do want to alert your listeners that this is a very valuable instrument and ought to be used more often than it currently is. But that itself is not enough. At every visit, the clinician, as well as the patient and their caregiver, should report any abnormalities should they detect it. Well, prevention, the first thing to remember is if these medications, if these dopamine receptor-blocking medications are not necessary, then we should not use them. But they often are necessary. And in those situations, we should consider using the lowest possible dose for the shortest period of time. But finally, treatment. If tardive dyskinesia is to appear, then the clinician and the patient and the support system really ought to talk about treatment. We're very fortunate to actually have a couple of medication treatment options available that the clinician and the patient can discuss in order to minimize the symptoms. Is there a conversation that you would recommend clinicians having when they think their patient is uh, dealing with TD? Oh, absolutely. No question about it. In addition to the conversation, I do think an appropriate evaluation is necessary. Not everything that moves is tardive dyskinesia, and therefore an appropriate differential diagnosis should be conducted by the clinician an appropriate history should be taken. Perhaps the AIMS examination should be done to help understand the extent of the problem. And then an evaluation for impairment as a result of tardive dyskinesia. Ms. Smith, Mr. Jones, what are some of your challenges? Do you fall? Do you bite your tongue? Do you avoid social contact? What other things happen to you? And then once all that is finished, we can then move on to creating a treatment plan to specifically address the tardive dyskinesia. I'm just wondering how you've seen 
tardive dyskinesia impact the lives of your loved one, your your patient's loved ones, and your patient? It is really a profoundly impactful condition for a large number of patients, and that's why this conversation about identification and about treatment is so very important. I've had a nurse, for example, who had facial tardive dyskinesia, had complaints filed against her by patients and their family members because they thought she was making, quote-unquote, ugly faces at them, which she was not. She was suffering from tardive dyskinesia. What advice do you have for caregivers of TD? First, it's a, it's a team effort. So if you're a caregiver of someone who suffers from tardive dyskinesia, you are as important a member of this team as anybody else. Secondly, I would really recommend you get educated about tardive dyskinesia. Connect with the healthcare provider as soon as possible. I would not recommend you wait till the next appointment. Matt and Shelley, it's a real pleasure to talk with you as a family affected by TD. Matt, what happened when you first noticed Shelley's symptoms? The previous medication had knocked her out. She was sleeping, I would say, 70% of the time. We noticed kind of gradually as we got accustomed to her being back in our lives. The slurring was the thing people seemed to notice uh, and um, um, treat Shelley differently for. Um, so there were a lot of, uh, I, would, I would say cashiers at stores and, and restaurants was the worst although there were incidents with teachers and doctors where they assumed that she was drunk, and I really had to stand up and uh, um, say that that is not the case. Shelley, what is living with TD like for you? When my speech is really bad, I don't even answer the phone. It sounds like someone who's, who's kind of uh, had a few, many, too many. <laughs> and um, so my voice can actually get so bad that I'm – Pretty inarticulate. You can't understand me at all. So my go-to thing to do is just to shut up completely. How have you been able to cope with your own condition and also be able to take care of your daughter? Uh, it is hard. Um, uh, one In one particular time, we were at a parent-teacher meeting, and uh, uh, my symptoms were really bad. I was swinging my hands all over the place. My voice was very slurred. Now, Matt was there as well. And we explained to them that I had something called tardive dyskinesia, and these were the symptoms that were manifesting. Um, and every, uh, several of the teachers seemed to be satisfied with that explanation. There's one teacher in particular that didn't seem to be buying it. She seemed to think there was something else going on, and she kept shooting me very angry, uh, judgmental looks, and, uh, um, because tardive dyskinesia is not very well well known and people just make assumptions on what they know and what their own experience of what they've seen that looks like before. And unfortunately, a lot of times it can be someone who looks not like they have put themselves in that way on purpose through drugs or alcohol or, like I said, mentally deficient. And uh, I got I got judged for something that was completely beyond my control and therefore nothing I nothing I said on on behalf of my daughter was uh taken 
seriously or or without that judgment uh, coloring uh, their assumptions. Matt, how, how are you able to help when you run into a situation like that teacher? A lot of the times when we're dealing with people who uh, we don't have to actually deal with, like we just have to give them money and walk away. That's a cashier. I can get kind of snarky. Uh, and I use that to my advantage, to our advantage. But oftentimes I just, I, you know, I need to be there so Shelly doesn't get stressed and, and trigger symptoms. Or if that does happen, sometimes I just have to take over. And snarky is a great tool in the caregiver toolkit. I love it. Matt is my defender. Whereas I get hurt, he kind of gets angry. And, but a lot of times that's to my benefit because he can, he can be that person confrontational where I, because of the very symptoms that are giving them that assumption or judgment, I can't do that. I can't because at this point it just makes them worse. And that doesn't help your situation in any way to your benefit. Well, it seems like you guys are operating as a, as, as a team. How, how is Matt's role in helpful to you as you see the symptoms come on? Matt has been with me from the beginning, from when I first developed. So it's been over a decade now. We've got routines for this. Both him and my daughter have ways of non-verbally letting me know that I'm exhibiting symptoms. Like, for instance, my daughter will often catch my hand. That's what bother, bothers her the most. She'll catch my hand and hold my hand. My husband will uh, put his hands on my shoulder, so I'll quit walking. You know, after after so many years together, we've developed a kind of mental telepathy on that and so I'll just, you know, step back and he'll take over. What do you see as the best um, way to deal with the TD when it shows up? Humor. Humor, yes. My husband is our uh, in-house comedian. Matt has a way sometimes of pointing out what I did to where I'm mortified and I'm, I'm just, oh, no, and he'll just make me laugh at myself. And, you know, if I'm laughing at myself, I, it doesn't hurt so much if anybody else is going to find that particularly funny. For instance, I went to a uh, church social where we did a video of uh, uh, a Christmas carol that we sent out to every member in the church. We, you know, sent them an email. Uh, they put me in the front row, and we were singing Joy to the World. And the link came out, and a Matt said I look like a chicken with my head cut off trying to achieve flight. My hands were just flopping away, and I had no clue. You know, I was mortified. I'm like, everybody in the church is going to see this. But, well, Matt, you tell them what you said. The first thing I said was, that is hysterical. <laughs> I was just, honey, I love you. But that is the funniest thing. But he did make me laugh about it, yeah. Matt, I see how what you do, and I see, you know, how wonderful you are as a caregiver and a spouse and a father. But what do you do to care for you? Oh, boy. <laughs> I try to see. I, I, I have to say this really uh, is our relationship. When one of us falls down, the other one stands up, and that has always been the case. 
Shelley, what would your advice be to other people living with TD? Find you an advocate, especially at uh, health care, doctor's appointments. That can be very stressful, um, and your TD can come on, and then you're not able to communicate the problems you're having because you're having symptoms of TD. And it's been very helpful to have Matt there, uh, not only as an advocate, but as a witness, because unfortunately, because these are symptoms that are brought on by a medication because of mental illness, that a lot of times your word is not taken seriously. And so when you have someone there who says, yes, that happened, or yes, this is this is going on, or this is occurring, uh, they tend to to not doubt your your testimony as much. I changed lanes without signaling. I got pulled over. I immediately got stressed. My voice got really badly slurred. And I'm trying to tell them I have something called part of dyskinesia. Went right out of my mind. I'm like, I have something. <laughs> and they're like, how much alcohol have you had to drink? And I'm like, no, look at my doctor back when I'm holding. And it took me about half an hour to convince them that I was completely sober. But you had them call me. They had to call Matt to verify. And then they made him come and pick me up. Not because they thought I was, I, but the, because they'd never heard of anything called tardive dyskinesia. And they felt in some way that it hindered my ability to drive because I was flooring so bad that it must somehow affect my other facilities. So, yes, it is. It it can be a problem with things like law enforcement, with teachers, with, you know, the checkout stand at, at the bank. What would your yeah. advice be to other caregivers? What I've always said is be ready to laugh at yourself uh, and – this, this, you know, takes the sting out of, it, it takes the ability for the others or, or situations to hurt you if you are aware of, uh, of the comedy of the situation. Don't take yourself so seriously, I think, is what Matt has helped me to achieve.